number two there, Pastor Dave, just so you're aware. Lapel two. Galatians 6 and verse number 9. I have put together a very, very short message this evening because I know that many of you have spent long hours here this week between the Thursday practice, the Saturday practice, and uh, the uh, two services this morning. And so I put together a shorter message tonight to get you out of here. Uh, my remarks will be somewhere in the range of 15 to 20 minutes, and then we'll be, uh, we'll be going home. But nonetheless, what I have to say tonight I think will be a, a good encouragement to all of us and uh, uh, help us to um, have something to, to really meditate on and think on later. Let's stand tonight. Galatians 6 and verse number 9. We're going to look at one verse tonight, uh, both in our reading of our text, and then uh, we're going to really analyze this verse in great detail. The Bible says there, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let's read that verse together, could we? And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want to preach a sermon this evening with this title, Christian Constancy. Christian Constancy. Let's pray. Tonight, Lord, as we open your word and study it, I'm preaching to people, uh, Lord, who've given a lot this week, uh, even more than normal in some cases, quite a bit more than normal. And Lord, their flesh is tired, and tomorrow morning they've got to get up and go to work. And so, Lord, the sermon tonight will be appropriate for that reason, but Lord, beyond just uh, the events of this week, I believe it is applicable uh, to the day and age in which we live. And so, Lord, help us tonight to not, to not give up or to move forward for you. And to remember that one day we'll stand before you and we'll receive the rewards from our, our labor. So that, Lord, we can turn around and give them back to you. But, Lord, that crown of righteousness that Paul talks about in Timothy, may that be something we work to achieve. Bless us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Galatians 6, 9 is a, uh, a verse that I believe maybe has a little bit different application tonight and in today's culture and day than maybe it did during the time that Paul uh, wrote it. The church of Galatia was a persecuted church, and they suffered a lot of persecution for what they believed. And so they were told to move forward, to stay true and not be weary and well-doing in their persecution. I don't know that Americans really understand persecution. Um, there are isolated inc- incidences of it, no doubt, where someone suffers and even loses their life because of their faith. Think of these churches that have uh, uh, had gunmen's, gunmen go in them and uh, do awful things. And no doubt there are uh, people who die for their faith in America. But it is by far the exception of the rule, and definitely not the rule. Persecution in America looks a little bit different. Persecution in America is taking a stand at work and feeling an awkward silence and maybe sitting alone in the break room while you eat your lunch. Persecution in America is maybe having to put up with people who take God's name in vain and won't stop doing it in front of you. And so it's a little bit different. But nonetheless, in America, in our culture, Galatians 6, 9 is applicable to us for maybe a different set of reasons. I want to share with you uh, four thoughts out of this verse tonight and, uh, and go through them quickly here and give us really give us something to, to, to think upon uh, tonight. And 
Let's begin with uh, point number one, our effort. Our effort. Look back at verse number nine there. And notice it says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Now, uh, I do believe that uh, the large majority of that are, of you that are here tonight, you're here because you want to do well for the kingdom of heaven. You really, really do. And uh, it goes beyond just your ministry at the church. It goes well beyond that. The reason why many of you get up and you go to work, it isn't for a selfish reason. It isn't so that you can stockpile large amounts of cash. Uh, I don't believe the average attendee here has large amounts of cash. I think the average attendee here probably has large amounts of debt. (laughs) Uh, But I don't think the average uh, church attendee here is going to work so that they can be greedy. And I know that I preach against being greedy and loving money from time to time, and I'm commanded in uh, in First Timothy to preach on that topic, and there are going to be those in any group that struggle with that, but to speak to the majority of you here tonight, I believe the reason why you get up every day and you go to work is so that you can have the money to just provide for yourself and those around you. That's really it. You're not looking to get rich. You just want to be able to put a roof over your head and put uh, food in your mouth and in your family's mouth. And you want to know at the end of the day that the, the bills that you owe every month are paid. And listen, that is a good deed to do. Don't ever let anybody uh, throw water on that fire. The Bible says if you don't provide for your own, you're worse than an infidel. You need to provide. You need to work. You need to earn that money. Now, you ought to be careful how you do it. And I think sometimes Christians can step out of bounds and maybe work on days they shouldn't or uh, take overtime when they shouldn't. But uh, nonetheless, the effort is there and it's in well-doing. And sometimes we may miss an activity at church because we're spending time with our family uh, or we're on a date with a spouse. And listen, uh, you make investments into your family. You make investments into your marriage. You make inve- investments in, uh, into the relationship that you have with your mom and your dad if they're still alive. You make investments into your children if that's applicable, whether they're little or all grown up. Investments into grandchildren, some of you here. And there's a whole lot of effort that's put out. Here's what I'm getting at this evening is that we have people pulling on us and Life responsibilities pulling on us in every direction, which brings us to point number two, our exhaustion. Our exhaustion. We looked at our effort. Look back at verse number nine there. And let us not be weary. Be weary. I looked up that word weary, and uh, I didn't put the definition down in my notes, but it is a long, long definition, and it gives the idea that you just, you get so discouraged, you just quit. You get so discouraged. You just quit. Um, I know people uh, in, in, in church ministries, or I have known of people in church ministries, that they allowed their work in the ministry to beat them up so hard that not only did they quit working in that ministry, they're just no longer in church. I know people who have invested in a marriage that's very one-sided, and the, uh, the wife or the husband is very selfish, and the other one is very selfless. And after a while, they're just flat out exhausted. I've had couples sit in my office numerous times in the two years I've been pastor. Some of them uh, uh, part of this church. Others uh, come into my office who've never attended a service. And 
uh, uh, they're referred to by one of you or someone in our church, and they'll come and sit and talk to me, and I'll have a husband or wife look at me and say, I have tried for 20 years to make this marriage work, and they're just not trying. I can't do this anymore. You know what they are? They're weary. They're weary. I'm talking about a bus captain who is uh, give, given his art to grow in a route, and it, you, you just don't climb over that 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 uh, that. Uh, you, you can't break through that glass ceiling, if you will. Or a Sunday school teacher who is trying his best or her best to grow a class, not only the number, but grow the people in the class. And you, you look at it and you go, I'm spinning my wheels here. I'm wasting my time. I'm not getting where I want to go. I am discouraged. I get up and my life is nothing more than the hamster wheel. I'm running in place. I'm running hard. I go to bed every night and I, I collapse and I've got nothing else to give and I'm just not seeing that I'm getting anywhere. And here Paul tells the church of Galatia, he says, and let us not be weary. Don't let yourself get exhausted. Don't let yourself get exhausted. Um, That brings us to point number three, our expectation. Our expectation. Look back at verse number nine with me. And let us not be weary in well-doing. Let's read that next phrase together. Ready? For in due season we shall reap. Right there. Let's read that part again. For in due season we shall reap. Now, notice those two words there. Due season. Due season. If you've ever uh, worked with a farm, you understand this principle. That you can't plant a field today and harvest tomorrow. You understand that? You don't plant seeds today... And walk out and harvest next week or even next month. In most cases, it's, it's three, four, five months before you're able to reap uh, what you have sowed. Now, uh, what we end up doing a lot of times in the Christian life, if we're honest with ourselves, is we're throwing out, a, 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 we're throwing out a mixed, a bag of mixed seed. Okay? We'll go to church. And uh, we, uh, we listen to the preaching and the teaching in our class and in the church service. Uh, we sing the songs. Sometimes we'll even walk down to the front and get on our knees and make a heartfelt decision for the Lord. And in essence, what you're doing is you're reaching down into the bag of seed, good seed, and you're slinging that onto the field of your life. And then you go home from church on Sunday night and you turn on the TV and you watch something that you know doesn't please the Lord, and you get up and you go to work the next day, and uh, language slips out of your mouth that you know doesn't please the Lord, and you get into a a bicker or an argument with uh, a relative of yours, and you know that doesn't please the Lord, and what you're doing is you're reaching down into the bag of bad seed, and you're slinging that right over the good seed that you just threw out. What are you going to get as that that harvest starts to come in? You're going to get good mixed with bad, and we know this, that the Bad apple always spoils the bunch. How many of you had your mother tell you that? Or your grandmother or your great-grandmother tell you that growing up, right? Uh, I had an old, old, old fifth and sixth grade teacher and she'd say that. And I had no idea what it meant back then. But uh, the idea here is that the... The weeds come up and they choke out the good and we feel like we're just never ever getting ahead in life and our expectation is, hey, I go to church. Why isn't my life any better than this? Hey, I read my Bible and why isn't my day going better than this? Hey, I stayed up all night 
praying and talking to the Lord. Why am I so tired today? Well, you're tired because you didn't sleep last night. Amen? Uh, that's why you're tired. And uh, uh, yes, you prayed. And you might be spiritually full, but you're going to be physically empty. And you have to have that expectation. But uh, So uh, there is that aspect of our expectations not being met, is that we want to ignore the sin in our life. We don't want to deal with the sin in our life. We want to throw out the good seed and pretend as though that bad seed was never thrown. The other aspect of this, our expectations, is that we're just not patient enough. We're just not patient enough. A whole lot of examples of this come to mind. But uh, the first one that pops in my mind is Daniel. Daniel was carried away. Daniel would live to be an old, old, old man. Shortly after Daniel's death, they were carried back from Babylon into into Jerusalem. He saw the workings of it, but he had to be patient with the process. How about Joseph? We talked about him a few weeks ago on a sunny night, right? Joseph was up and down, and his ups weren't really that high. Listen, when you have been elevated to in charge of your slave master's house, but you're still a slave in a foreign land, and you're not allowed to leave and go see your parents, that's still not a good spot to be in. Right? He was elevated to the person in charge of the dungeon. Anybody signing up to do that? Oh, but that was a high for, da- uh, for Joseph. Uh, no, but, Dan- but Joseph, rather, was patient. And in due season, he reaped. You know why? Because he didn't grow weary. He didn't grow weary. Um, you say, Pastor, is it a sin for me to get exhausted in the good that I'm doing in my life? It is not a sin to get exhausted, but it isn't. Uh, if, if God does not want you to quit what you're doing, or you are, have made a vow or a commitment, and you quit on that vow or commitment, then that, my friend, is a sin. Example. Just saying that I don't love my spouse anymore... So I'm going to run and get a divorce because I've tried and it's not working. That's what you signed up for. Right? What did you mean when you said, for better or for worse? Okay? Let's say you got a job. Another example. Let's say you got a job under a contract. You signed a one-year contract to work for somebody. And you get eight months in, and the person that you're working with hasn't broke the contract. They're just really hard to get along with. And you just one day break the contract. You know what? You're weary in well-doing. You're doing your part. It's not working out. And you quit. Um, that is sin. Listen, the Bible says that we are, to, uh, uh, we are not to be weary in well-doing. Why? Because in due season, we shall reap. And that brings us to the fourth point tonight. And I'll finish with this. Our endurance. Look at the rest of the verse. If we faint not. Can I put that in modern day English? If we don't quit. If we don't quit. I have a feeling that some of you this evening, you scraped yourself up off a couch or a bed or out of a chair. You put your church clothes on. You climbed in your car and you came to church and your body was screaming for you to stay home. I'm getting a lot of people going, "Uh uh-huh, me right here. You got me, Pastor. You know what that is? That's endurance. You know why you're here tonight? Because the Bible says you're not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That shows character. Now, that's the stuff that life is made out of. 
You know when you're supposed to love your, your husband or your wife? Not when they're loving you, when they're not loving you. You know when you're supposed to be loyal to your boss at work? It isn't when he's treating you right. It's when he's not treating you right. Right, Brother Mark? Um, you know when you're supposed to love your children? Love comes in many forms with children, all right? Love isn't just giving. It's love of sometimes, you know, that chastisement. But you know when you're supposed to love your children? Not just when they're being perfect, but when they're not behaving so well. You know when you're supposed to serve the Lord in church ministry? Not just when it's easy. When it's not easy. Not just when your flesh says, oh, this is great, let's do it. Um, Christians, what this comes down to, what this verse really comes down to, is constancy. Another word for constancy is faithfulness. I want you to ask yourself this question tonight. Am I faithful to what God has called me to do? Not just showing up in body. Are you faithful with your spirit? Let me ask it to you this way, or maybe change the question a little bit. Are you faithful in your walk with God? Are you? You see, here, listen here. It's the little things that make the big thing. And when you quit walking with God, every day that you don't walk with God, you're reaching in and you're taking a little portion away of your faith. And you rip the foundation of your faith out one little piece at a time. And one day, it just crumbles on top of itself. And yes, you're still saved, but you're not going to church anymore. You're not serving the Lord anymore. You've given up on all the things that God has called you to do with all of the relationships in life. But every day that you are walking with God, you wake up, uh, the alarm goes off and your body's tired and you want to reach over and hit the snooze button. Boy, this is really down, down on the bottom shelf tonight, right? You want to hit that snooze button? Is it still nine minutes? Snooze still nine minutes. I feel like on cell phones you can adjust the amount of time that snooze is, right? But uh, the old alarm clocks, how many of you here still have a, an alarm clock that you plug in the wall? How many still have that and you wake up by that, okay? Uh, how many of you here use a cell phone to wake you up? Okay? Uh, I'm seeing an age thing going on here. Um, how many of you use both because you just can't wake up in the morning? <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, the alarm goes off and you know you need to get up and walk with God. And you think, well, I'll just skip it this morning. I was, I was up late last night, or I tossed and turned all night. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit up and set the alarm for 30 minutes later, because I know I can get up, hop in the shower, and get out the door, and I'll still be on time to work. You know, you may think that you can, you may be able to get away with that for a day or two and, and be okay spiritually. You start making a habit of that, or you start getting really inconsistent with that walk. I'm, look, I can't even begin to tell you how much you are cheapening your future faith. How much you are cheapening your relationship with God. And how that, when times get tough, you will faint. You will quit. Tonight, the challenge is this. Don't get weary in well-doing. Yeah, it's okay to be exhausted. It's okay at times to even take a break, take a sabbatical, to step aside and say, I need to just catch my breath, but I know that God has called me to something much greater than myself. One day I'm going to stand in front of God and I'm going to give an account to Him all by myself for the way that I led my wife, for the way that I led my children, 
for the way that I lived my own Christian life, for the way that I led this church. You'll stand in front of God and you'll give Him an account for maybe the way you ran a business or the way you handled your employer, the way you raised your children, the way that you taught your grandchildren the Word of God, the way that you served the Lord at the church. He's going to look down at you and say, what if I had the same endurance that you had when I went to the cross? You're going to hang your head in shame? I believe tonight, and I don't even know necessarily who I'm speaking to directly, but I believe tonight under the sound of my voice, there are some church members who are logged in online and they're watching live stream right now. And I would just say this to you, whoever you are, Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. If God has called you to do something, you put your eyes on the finish line. No matter what hurdle Satan throws in your way, you jump that hurdle. Some of you here tonight, you've fallen. You've dusted yourself up. You've scraped a knee. You've turned an ankle. Don't quit. Tape that ankle up. Dust yourself off. Get going. God has something for you. Something great down the road. And you won't know what that is until you get there. But you've got to keep going for the Lord. Let's have our heads bowed nice close this evening. Lord, thank you for a chance to be challenged from your word.